This is it. This is the one. This is the passage that started it all. The Protestant Reformation. That's why we're here and have a church like ours. It's shaped like ours and does its life together like ours. Started here. This verse from Romans 1, 17. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed through faith for faith. Martin Luther was at a low point. Uh, and rumor has it that he was actually in a bathroom break when he finally understood it. The Catholics will be very pleased to know that. He had what's come to be known as his tower experience, his revelation, after years and years of struggle to discover what this passage really meant, what God really wanted from him. He was alone in his study in an empty Augustinian monastery, and he was never the same afterwards. He became famous, as we all know, for nailing his 95 theses on the door at Wittenberg. But his tower experience came first. What exactly happened to him? And what does it have to do with God and with us? Could a similar kind of thing happen to us? What does it look like when it does? Though centuries removed from each other, we would identify with Luther's deep crisis of faith. He was as attentive as a disciple could possibly be. He followed all the rules. He followed the law as best he knew how. But in doing so, he, came, he became convinced that he could not ever satisfy God. Hard as he might try, Luther never could achieve the righteousness he believed God had demanded of him. Consequently, Luther began to resent God. He learned to think of God not as slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, but quick to anger and abounding in a righteousness that Luther could never quite achieve. Later in life, Luther remembers, I did not love, he said. Yes, I hated the righteous God who punishes sin sinners, and secretly I was angry with God. To see how the Reformation was born really out of a, a personal frustration that nothing, not the church, not personal faith, not sincere devotion on the person's part could really achieve salvation for the sinner. And I don't know of any wise or seasoned Christian who hasn't struggled somehow with God. Maybe that's not your particular struggle, but somehow, some way, over time, you have moved closer to God and perhaps away from God back closer again. I want to emphasize here that Luther did not move from a place of unfaithfulness to faithfulness. Before he spearheaded the events that birthed the Reformation, Luther already had faith. He was a child of the church. He had long been in a faithful, a bearer of its traditions and its highest aspirations. But Luther's faith changed. He began to live with a different kind of faith. He began to understand that God's righteousness was not an unattainable standard, but a grace that compels and frees us 
to grow closer to God every day. From faith to faith. From one kind of faith to another dimension of faith. Paul says, when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I had a childlike logic. But when I became an adult, my faith changed. I put away childish things. Elsewhere, Paul also says, be transformed by the renewing of your minds. If we thought that our baptism was the end of our growing in faith, then we've been saved and need no further growth or exploration We've missed the, rest, the Reformation's invitation to experience a lifelong, ever-deepening transformation of our faith. When I imagine what it looks like to be in right relationship with God, I don't think of a perfect person. I don't think of a goody two-shoes. I don't think of a teacher's pet, though they're included. I see a growing person, a humble person, someone who understands themselves as a pilgrim on a lifelong journey. I see a person who is genuine and sincere, someone with more questions than answers, someone seeking new creation in their life or in the lives of, uh, the lives of others, a person receptive to new creation when it shows up on their doorstep or in their study, or the kitchen, or any other room in the house, or at work, or at play, or even on the way to work. Like Terry Dobson was, you don't know him, I don't know him either, but I've always appreciated this story that I learned. When I imagine what it looks like to be in right relationship with God, I see a, perfect, a person like Terry Dobson. Terry Dobson was... Uh, an American living in Japan for years, studying uh, a, a form of jujitsu or judo. I don't know all the terms, but it's called Aikido. Uh, and he was studying Aikido every day for eight hours a day. And Aikido is this form of, of martial arts that uh, helps you settle conflicts with holds, locks. Uh, I don't know what those are, but what I do know is this man was a black belt in the art of defending himself and dis, uh, disengaging people who were coming into conflict. He was on his way to work. He was on the train in Tokyo, and a very drunk man came onto the train and began to um, uh, annoy people and accost people. And uh, he said... This was his chance. After all these years of training, he was finally going to get to be the hero. He was going to get to disengage this violent person before he attacked anyone. Uh, and right at the moment uh, where the man came for him, and he was just hanging on that strap, he knew this was it. This was the time when a voice came out from the side of the car. Hey! Terry said it was a screeching voice. Hey! He turned around, and it was a tiny elderly man yelling at both of them. And Terry said, I, I really had planned to take this guy down, but now this elderly man was engaging us, and he had the drunk man's attention. And the little man said, Hey, what you been drinking? 
And the violent man turned around. And he was invited into conversation. And the little man said to him, look, I, I know what it feels like. I like to drink sake too. He said, every night I used to go out into the garden with my wife and we would drink some sake and look at our persimmon tree and watch the sunset. And oh, how I miss her so dearly. Now the man was engaged in this story with him, this story of him and his wife, and it sounded so gentle to him, and he began to drop his shoulders and come closer to the elderly man. Terry said, he watched as this violent man began to cease and desist. And by the time his stop came, this violent man was sitting in the seat beside the elderly man and lying down with his head in his lap as the elderly man just kind of stroked his really dirty hair. If you think about Christianity as an art of peacemaking, this is a story that can really be important for you as it has been for me. I think of Terry Dobson and that moment on his way to work where his faith changed from faith to faith. He had a faith, but then it was different for the rest of his life because he saw it practiced in a new way. Violent moment turned into nonviolent redemption. And he said, I knew I would have to practice this art of Aikido with an entirely different spirit. When I imagine what it looks like to be in right relationship with God, I don't see a perfect person. I think of the philosopher Nicholas Wolterstorff. He ended his career as a philosopher at Yale. And this was during a time in his life when he was grieving deeply over the death of his son, Eric. Eric had died in a mountain climbing accident at the age of 25. Now, Nicholas Walterstorff was a renowned scholar, still is. He loved his son very much. Those of you who have been through something like this know that it changes your life forever and it changes your faith. At the funeral, he had invited a rabbi friend of his to come and read the scripture. And after he did, the rabbi looked at Nicholas and said, I have witnessed your faith enduring. I am seeing in you an enduring faith. And Nicholas said he was right. My faith did endure, but it would become a different kind of faith and a different kind of God, more mysterious. I wonder if any of you have come upon this kind of discovery, that you've grown closer to God you become more like Christ in your trust of a very mysterious God who doesn't provide all the answers, but who nevertheless draws you into a deeper, different kind of faith. The righteousness of God is revealed in that faith to faith. When I imagine what it looks like to be in right relationship with God, I don't see a perfect person I think of us. I think of this learning, changing, trusting congregation. And I am grateful that we are not a church that strives to grasp and hold. For whenever we try to grasp and hold on to our faith, just as it is, that's when we lose it and it slips like out of our hands like water. 
I'm grateful we were not that kind of church, but a church like, as Luther said, one that receives the promise with an open hand. That's it. That's really it. That's what the whole Reformation turned on and why churches like ours are here. We don't grasp, we trust. I am grateful for the ways that God moves in our lives, teaching us that we cannot earn grace, but only respond to it. And I am grateful that we are not a complete church, but a broken and broken-hearted church. I'm grateful for that. A church becoming, a church moving from one dimension of faith to another, becoming ever deeper and ever closer to the heart of God, a God who will never forsake us. When I imagine what it looks like to be in right relationship with God, I don't think of a perfect person. And frankly, I don't really think that often about Luther. But I do think about my own life, and I think about the ways that I have changed and the ways that I'm grateful for that. I think about the ways that I'm grateful for people like you who have helped me become a better Christian so that I don't stay in that one dimension of faith that I was, but grow into a new dimension of faith. I bet you too are like me, that you can look back on yourself at 40 or 25 or 18 or 12 and say, I'm so thankful for the ways God moved me then, but I'm glad I'm not there anymore. I have moved from faith to faith into one faith, out of another kind of faith. And I am growing and learning, and every day I'm coming closer and closer to rest in God. If I have any specific hope for my own little words today, it would be that each one of us would walk a little more lightly on the way out of here. To walk more lightly upon the earth with a burden eased, a requirement lifted, a fog lifted for clearer vision. May we let our sins go that were already boring to begin with and fall in love with this pilgrimage of faith to faith, of faith with God, and enjoy the ways God's power and grace flows through the faithful of any age, filling our hearts with love, changing our minds with grace, and moving with undaunted confidence towards our final rest and peace with God. Amen.